my name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. We have an exciting show planned. We've been planning it for about five minutes. Ten. Ten minutes. Um, but first, I want to... Yeah, Brene Brown is a woman who is in the spotlight these days. Yes, she did she's a big everywhere. She TED, TED Talks. And Haven't we talked about Brene before? I don't I feel think like so. We, she's been in our world for a little bit. I, if we have, I haven't listened. Because you, like last month or the month before... You did a men's group about vulnerability. vulnerability and shame, and I did and uh, the same thing. And she's just been kind of in our language. And for a yesterday while. we were talking about how I tend to have certain worries about money, and more specifically, some apartment buildings we manage. So I want to wrap those two ideas into one conversation. So we're going to have like a real time conversation, kind of like what you and I have in the house every single every- day. <laughs> So you can pretend you're like a voyeur. Or what is it when you listen? That's not being a voyeur. A listener? Okay. I think that's what those are called. (laughs) And then um, we might get into some other topics. You just just did a sex ed talk to a bunch of fifth graders. Yes, I did. And And to their parents first. And to their parents. And then we both listened to a 60 Minutes thing last night that went on last night about the nuns on the bus. The nuns on the bus. Go round and round, round and round, round and round. The nuns on the bus go round and round all day long. No, it's all through the town. It's actually all day long. It's not all day long, I don't think. But first, our sponsor, Helping Hands Maid Services. They do um, maid services all over Chicagoland area. They do maid services. That's right. They clean they, your home. They do. They are a maid service that goes... All over. What do you? Why do you have that facial expression? Because somebody's phone is buzzing. Oh, okay. And I think it's mine. I'd love to blame you because okay. I love to blame. I'm a blamer, <laughs> but I think it's mine. Um, but anyway, yes, they do um, house cleaning all over the western suburbs and of Chicago and and beyond, right? Yes. Well, and they're getting big into carpet cleaning too. So Ooh. if you have carpets and they got some deal, if you mention Zen Parenting Radio, they give you a nice discount. So okay, uh, house cleaning, carpet cleaning, they use if you want all the environmentally friendly stuff. So their number is 630-530-1324, com. as clean as can be at home and at work. Oh, so they clean work. They do offices too. too. Awesome. Okay. All right. So that's that. So I don't really know how to start this other than other, just other dive than in, baby. just to be honest. Okay. I am a property manager uh-huh. for some buildings that we manage and I have a tenant who's not paying their bill. Mm-hmm. And that and happens. This has happened quite a bit yes. in our years of having these buildings. Yeah, I've been doing it for about seven years. And however many times I do it, I still struggle with worry, struggle that I'm doing it the right way, struggle that I'm protecting myself. Um, but where we were talking about Brene Brown yesterday was I also beat myself up for getting worried about mm-hmm. it. So you, because you were fresh off listening to this Oprah interview with Brene Brown, you had some some words of wisdom to well, help me with. So not that I just want you to spout out words of wisdom, but let's first talk about it. my issue. And, and how is this relevant to parenting? Worry is something that we all have. And if you can hold it in check, that's a good thing. If you let it dictate your life Mm -hmm. you pass down that worry to your kids if you're unaware that it's worry so i'm trying to tie it together with uh, parenting but really this is about self-care okay the better of a person you are the better parent you're going to be for your kids and and it's self-care but i also believe this is self-awareness i think it's one thing to experience worry self-care is maybe the verb self-awareness is the result that you get from doing self-care i like that you with me that works so um 
no matter how many times I go through this when I struggle with a tenant who's not paying their bill, like sometimes I feel like I'm being too harsh, other times I feel like I'm being too lenient, and you can use that metaphor with anything that's going on. So, so for, if it's a parenting issue, yeah, you're so either being too harsh or too lenient. Yeah, so just think of something you struggle with. Mine happens to be money and tenants and stuff that's like that. That's going to be our metaphor today. That's what I'm struggling with. But for, if you're listening, think of something you're struggling with right now. Let's do five seconds of silence to let the listeners think of something that they're struggling with right now. Can we take a breath? One deep breath while remembering what you struggle with. Okay. Ready? Okay. What if you struggle with more than one thing? I think that was more like three and a half seconds. Sorry. I just, you know, radio silence. We're on the radio. No, our producer loves radio silence. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So, all right. So I'm, I'm really challenged because I worry that I'm being too hard on this person who's having a hard time paying their bill. I'm also worried that I'm being taken advantage of if I go in that direction. There's like 85 different directions mm-hmm. I can go in. And I'm just in the midst of struggle. Like there's no good resolution. Well, to it. and that's what's interesting whenever we have these conversations is you will say, well, I'm, I'm going to do this. And this is the way I need to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, well, but you can also look at it this other way. And you'll, you, I you, will argue you the argue opposite both point. Sides. Every, whatever advice you give to me, I'll argue with you or I'll discuss with you why that's a bad idea. Exactly. And so, and I'm really fighting in my own brain. Well, and that's what I want to get down to is I'm, it, this isn't, this discussion is not about who's right and wrong. Right. Why are you doing that? Let's, let's go into this. So it's a parenting thing for you. This is a, um, a work thing with the buildings. So you're saying I need to do this, and then I say, well, what if you, um, you know, send her an email first and do this, and you say, like, tell me why you argue both sides. Like, what's going on in you? I want to handle this perfectly. Okay, problem. That's eh, the first problem. That's the first problem. But I don't know. Uh, that's I know that sounds ridiculous, but I just want to handle this to where I'm being compassionate while at the same time protecting myself. Right. Okay. What does the protecting yourself part mean? Not being taken advantage of. Ah, Let her live there three more months without paying another dime of her rent. Okay. So that's the protection of myself. Okay. I don't want to be taken advantage of. Taken advantage of. of. So you want to be a good human being. Yes. And not be taken advantage of. Right. Okay. So is that the issue we struggle with every day in life, right? Probably, yeah. Is that what we always talk about is you want to be the best person you can be and be loving and trusting and caring, but don't let people take advantage of you. Right. So where is that middle ground? And here's why I just went, eh, when you said perfection, because there is no perfect textbook way to do anything. You know what I mean? No matter what the situation. Okay. Because when you are... Um, it, there are so many different factors. There's what's going on with that person. There's how you're feeling in the moment. There, there are past experiences that mm-hmm. can help you, you know, dictate where, what you're going to do next. But you got to feel your way through it. Right. If you try and use the same scenario and the same plan for every tenant, mm-hmm. Even though there's, when I say that, you have the same contract, the same, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. There's there are some things, things that, that are remain basic, consistent. But the truth is there's some people that have been obviously taking advantage of you. Right. And then there are certain people who are just struggling for a couple weeks. Right. And if you try and use the same technique, either leniency or too much of a hammer, mm-hmm. then you are not in the moment with it. Mm-hmm. You are in a place of control and fear. Right. You're, I'm going to control this, and this is how I'm going to control it, and you're, the human element is missing. So where does the term gratitude fit into this? Because I have, we have 10 units, so we right. have 10 tenants, and nine of them I'm having no problems with and everything is going well, yet I focus in on this one negative. So I feel like if I'm catching myself, I want to be 
grateful for the other nine tenants who are paying their bill. Well, why Yet she I'm say only so? focusing on this one problem. But see, here's the thing. You're already being self-depreciating. And I know that this is something you really want to talk through, so I'm not saying don't say that because right. that's silly. But the thing is, is that when we have an issue, our attention, that's what brains do. They try to solve problems, yes. right? So when a problem comes up, meet, 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 you know, we all of our attention goes to how to solve that problem when we forget that everything else is working. Right. I think one of the things that we try and focus on in this show is not ignoring problems or avoiding problems, but focusing attention on things that are working too, mm-hmm. not in a way to pretend that the other isn't happening, but to give you more energy and stamina to handle when things aren't working. So focusing on the good stuff will fill my tank to be able to fill deal with your the bad tank. stuff. Exactly. So you are coming from a place of groundedness. That's the language that I like to use. Like, you know, you, you're coming from a place of where you feel like your feet are on the ground. And yeah, something's happening, but it's not going to be the wind that knocks you over. Right. You're, you, you have a sense of, that's a very yogic way of looking at things. Right. You know, you can be in a crazy balancing position, but if you have a sense of groundedness internally and you've got your alignment correctly, you're not going to be knocked over. Right. That's what we practice. And that's, again, a metaphor for, um, or a, a way that you can look at that in a emotional and spiritual sense. Well, to kind of rewind to yesterday, because we were talking about it, and then, I don't know, I, I went out and I came back, and I said, you know what, I'm really upset with myself because I'm yes. allowing this worry <laughs> to screw up my Sunday. And it's a great Sunday. I got a healthy wife, beautiful daughters, everything is great, and I'm letting this stupid thing bog me down. Right. And I was getting frustrated with myself, and I'm like, I... I I'm I get frustrated because I let this bother me. Right. And you said something like, but it should bother it, you. It of course it bothers you. Here's the difference. There is denial where you're like cuz what you do, I always get a visual in my head when you're having an experience like this where and you learn this somewhere along the line in your childhood or somewhere to deal with things that were stressful for right. you where you push them away. I'm literally you can't see me, but you push them away and say I'm not going to let that bother me. That's not a big deal. I can handle I that's not something I need to look at. That's an inability to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So this is how Brené Brown comes into right. this. You are making a decision to as she would say armor up and not deal with that. I'm not going to deal with that. That's not important. I shouldn't feel that way. I'm not going to feel that way. That's called denial. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability is an ability to feel that feeling of, oh, this is this is worrisome to me. This worries me. Having a conversation with someone you trust or doing taking some kind of action, like even if the action is, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to deal with this. Right. Meaning here's the steps I'm going to take tomorrow. Maybe you can't do it in the moment. There, that's a reality of accepting it and at the same time making a decision to be grateful for other things. Here's the living in the paradox. You're either Things aren't either good or bad or you're worried or you're not. We can know things are good and still be worried about other things. Mm. But I feel like it just depends on where my attention is in that moment. Right. If I'm thinking about all the bad things that could happen because I might have to evict a tenant, then I'm just focusing on that. I can't focus on good and bad at the same time. Yes, you can. Absolutely. My brain likes to go in one direction or the the, other. What you just said is 
the awareness that you are saying, what if this goes wrong? Here's what I'll have to do. You're already in the future. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to know that there's a problem and that you're going to have to deal with it. That's what I'm saying you accept. You accept that, wow, that was some disappointing news or devastating news or I'm challenged by that. There's a reality that I'm not going to push it away. I'm not going to get all tough and say, well, I'm going to make her pay Mm -hmm. and you know all this awful stuff. That's all fear. The reality is this is a bummer, but what can I do today in this moment? And not jump in that I'm... Because you always jump in, well, I'm going to have to evict this person. It's going to cost so much money. It's the what if. And we're not there. And I kept saying that to you yesterday. You're like, well, I don't want to do this because what if she does this? I'm like, but she hasn't done that. What should you do in this moment? Well, you know, if I don't do this, then I should have done this. You only have the information that you have today. That's all you have. And that's true in parenting, too. A lot of times we look back, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have. You only had what you had in the moment. That's all you had. And so if you are, if we are, the reason that it's important to notice worry and to acknowledge it is if you don't, then you respond from that place. Meaning your unawareness or your inability to acknowledge that you're worried keeps you from noticing that you are in that place and therefore everything else, like, let me give an example because this is hard to explain. You're worried about something. You're annoyed. You're scared. So your children ask, hey, can I play on the iPad, which I know you love? Mm -hmm. Or can I go outside? No, you can't. Don't talk to me right now. I'm busy. They didn't do anything wrong. Right. But you're responding from your place of worry, and you can't see through it, and you think that's the reality of the world. Well, that's the view of the world I'm seeing in that moment. moment, But it is not the reality of the world, period. It's just how you're feeling. And here's the beauty of it. You can't make that worry go away, but you can choose how you deal with that worry. And one of the ways to deal with worry is to practice gratitude. Okay. And so that sounds really like, you know, pie in the sky, but can you in the moment when you're when you're worried notice what is working? Right. And it's not just um um it's not just a you really have to do it. You have to practice. That's something that you and I always discuss when we talk about meditation or, you know, and I'm talking about just you and I and pretending right. we're not on the radio right now. You'll be like, you know, I'll I'll say, well, you know, um you have to you can't just talk about why journaling is good. You have to practice journaling. Right. You can't say, "Well, I understand meditation will help, but I don't have time." Mm-hmm. You have to meditate. You we do these things about why we understand why something is good, but we don't take the time to do it. Right. We understand that practicing gratitude is great, but I don't have time right walk now. Walk in the walk versus talk in the talk. Yeah, we and I would say the majority of the population, including you and I, um, do a lot of, oh, I know that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But we don't do it. Right. We do a lot of tomorrow I'm going to do that or, or my goal for the year is to do this. Right. Don't make a goal for the year. Right. Do it that minute. Practice it. And you know what gratitude can also be? Hmm. Not just, I'm going to stop worrying about this and focusing on you. I'm going to go do something different that makes me feel good. We kind of feel like if we're suffering, we need to sit in that suffering. I'm a, you're, you're pretty good at this, so Todd. I'm kind of a believer in when I'm not feeling very good, a bath is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, going out to do a yoga class is a good idea. Going for a walk. Going, let's go have, you know, let's you and I have a date and mm-hmm. make, you know, 
get a babysitter and go to lunch. Let's, so how's that different from? I mean, uh, I I think I know the answer to this, yes. but how's that different from, from escaping the problem? Well, because it, the difference is you're not pretending that the other thing isn't there and avoiding it. Because I, it's kind of like putting a pin in it or you know putting your hand and not looking at it. It's not that you're not looking at it. You're figuring out ways to replenish or re-energize so you can deal with it. Right. I think denial is when you pretend it's not happening or I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to deal with that. That's a denying of what's happening. The difference between, and it's very subtle because right. that's, you, you ask a great question because a lot of people say, well, that's what I do. I go have a glass of wine and mm-hmm. you know, then it all goes away. There's a difference between saying, wow, I am going to nurture myself right now because I got some things to deal with and I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to pretend it's not well, happening. You, that's called numbing. Right. Yeah. If you go get drunk, right. that's escaping. Um, but if you go for a walk, that's not escaping. That like, might be clearing your head. Because walking, just by definition, is outside is a right. good thing. Right. Whereas alcohol, it's easy to... Or you go and have a s- smoke. Like if you right. smoke cigarettes, that is a... I guess it's a way to relax. That's not such a bad thing, right? But it's bad for your health. Well, Are you talking about smoking? Um, I'm saying you have a cigarette or you have a glass of wine well, or whatever. here's the thing. We also have to understand that, you know the um, Einstein quote, you know, the brain can't... Um, solve a problem with the same brain. mind that created right. it okay so what we try and do is we get a problem and we try to process through it in our brain process 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 and we keep trying we're going in the same vicious circle with the same problems like you, this you said yourself this issue keeps coming up and coming up so you keep trying to solve it with mm-hmm. the same place that's creating it right. your brain is the one that's worried your, your ego is the one that's in fear your your um you feel uncomfortable and and vulnerable in these situations and you keep trying to solve it with your head and the suggestion is the whole idea of um, feeling gratitude or taking a walk or relaxing or you and I going on a date is dropping out of the head Mm -hmm. and getting back into the spot that knows better that your heart or your gut like that place of relaxing and the interesting thing is is unless you practice this you're not going to know it so there's going to be some people who may nod when they hear this and people who say well I don't believe it when you drop into that place answers come a lot quicker Things Mm. become a lot more clear. So instead of trying to make it a knowledge-based decision... Which is the much... It's my default. I always try to fix it with my brain. Right. Most people's default. We've been taught to do that. Right. Right? Something's not going to happen unless you figure out a way how to solve this problem. Figure it out. Figure it out. I actually wrote one of my blogs a while ago... Um, that when people say, well, I need time to think it through. Yeah. And it's just words, right. I know, but you know I'm a word person. That actually, no, you need time to not think it through yeah. get, and to get sit out with it. And the thing is, is when you sit with it, you and I were just talking about this this morning, I think, or maybe it was yesterday, because I was talking about what I do when something comes up and it feels uncomfortable or I hear something and I get a little catch in my mm-hmm. system, which means that it makes me cringe or it makes me you know, feel uncomfortable. That's what I want to meditate on. Mm. Not to focus on it like worry, but to sit in that Mm. and to realize what that really is. What I mean by that is when someone is not paying their rent, you get focused on, well, I have to do this, I have to do this. What's the truth about that moment? You're afraid. Yes, I'm afraid of how this is going to negatively affect my time, my money, my everything. So you're afraid, and let's take it deeper than that. You're afraid it will negatively affect your time and your money. And what if it affects your money? How are you going to feel? Bad. More than that. Go go worse. Sad. Afraid I'm going to lose all my money. And if you lose all your money, who are you? I'm a chump. And who? what will you feel then? Chumpy. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a word. Shame. Shame. Guilty. Uncomfortable. Fearful. 
un- unlovable, not enough. Not enough. Unworthy, not smart, not, you know, all these things that our ego holds us up to be. And so when you see that every problem that we worry about comes down to these things, shame, guilt, and fear, right? That's mm-hmm. what you and I have been talking about forever. And that's why, again, you know, why Todd started talking about Brene Brown, because I think the thing that she's brought into... Well, can you say... Um, well, first, I want you to kind of say who this lady is, but first, oh. let's talk about her second sponsor. Oh. Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They are our chiropractors. They adjust me and you and JC and Cameron and Skylar. Yep. Dr. Kelly, she's amazing at what she does. You actually went to a workshop this I did. Weekend. I went to her, the food sensitivity workshop this weekend, and it was wonderful to get more information. That's the thing about Dr. Kelly. It's one thing being in the office and you know having her be your chiropractor, but she takes it a step further always. She is knowledgeable about nutrition and about vitamins and about cleanses, and she she's the whole package. She provides you with resources that may otherwise be hard to yes, find. Yes, wellness. Um, so Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, their phone number is 630-941-8733. And I did talk to her last week, and she said for any new patients as a result of our show, there's a free 30-minute massage for that person. So if you go in and you say that Zen Parenting sent you, you get a free 30-minute massage. Or you can give it away. Or to give it to me. To your loved one. To us. Oh, yeah. You can go and then give it to us (laughs) as a thank you. Because I like like massage. I'm actually in the massage club. I know you are. Once a month. I know. So anyways, 630-941-8733. I'm guessing a lot of people have no idea who okay. Brene Brown is. I think more people do now than they used to. But um, Brene Brown is a, a clinical social worker. She has her doctorate in social work, and she works in uh, the University of Texas, I believe. She's in Houston. Anyway, she's been researching shame for about 12 years, and she's written uh, three books. So she's been out there for a while, but it just so happens that a couple of years ago she did a uh, TED Talk. And if you don't know TED, it's a... Um, how would you explain it? It's an it? online it's forum. Uh, forum where people get up and talk for about 20 minutes about something they're experts on. Yeah, something that they're experts on. And anyway, her TED Talk that she thought was just going to go to 500 people has now been viewed by about 8 million people. And then she's done another TED Talk since then. She wrote another book called Daring Greatly, which um, is wonderful. My point is, is that what she has added to my life, because these are things we've been talking about a long time. These are not new concepts that Brene Brown is talking about. These are things that people have been trying to explain for a long time. But what she offers is, number one, she has great language. Mm -hmm. So she has great, very practical practical language. Number two, research. Mm -hmm. These are things like I put on Facebook the other day because I, you know, I just so admire her work and so thankful for it that isn't it great when things you've been feeling your whole life can now be scientifically conclusive? Right. You know, because these are things that never have felt right mm-hmm. to me and to many others, you know, to shame your children or to walk around feeling guilty or to worry all the time or to, you know, pretend you're someone you're not, which is an inability to be vulnerable. That's never felt right to me. Yet people will say, but that's what you're supposed to do. That's what people do. And to have a researcher come out and say, I've done this for 12 years. This doesn't help at all. It makes me go, thank you. Well, you know? You say thank you, not because it reinforces your belief. You were pretty strong in your belief system to begin oh, with. Oh, yeah. But for somebody like me, who kind of is more in the scientific mindset, um, it qualifies it as easier Science. to handle truthful concepts. Well, exactly. You know I mean? And you spend a lot of time, people who do uh, similar things that, that I do for a living, or even if you're not doing it as a profession, if you just kind of know personally that those things have never felt great. 
you sometimes don't have things to back you up except the way you feel. Mm. And I've done been doing presentations for like 10 years where I say, well, this is just the best thing to say to your child. Actually, one of our negative reviews on iTunes. Travis? No, it, there, we've only had three. And one of them was, well, all they talk about is that doesn't feel right. And the truth is, is sometimes that's all I have to offer is, is I express to you, you know, when you yell at your child and you shame them and you put them in fear, do you feel good? Mm-hmm. And no, I don't, but that's the way you're supposed to do it. Why? Question that. Well, and the guy who gave us that review wanted more scientific evidence yes. to back it up. And so so she- now we can say, go talk to Brene Brown because <laughs> she's done all the work. Exactly. And that's the thing that I'm so thankful for is that not only does she have wonderful language, she's got a great personality to go with mm-hmm. it. Like she's also a great speaker because yeah. someone can be a great academic, but a crappy teacher. Correct. And she's got the whole package. Yeah. So, um, So she's got that language and she's got that research and it just gives more oomph to this to this kind of parenting and this kind of awareness for yourself. Well, in the TED Talk that went went viral is uh, she talked about how vulnerability really is the first step in feeling true joy, right? Right. Well, it's the only way. Here's the thing is is that one of the things that she discusses that I think is really powerful is the idea of our inability to feel joy. That the fear that we our greatest fear, the thing we really don't want to feel is joy. And people will say, "Well, what do you mean? Of course I do. I'm working all the time to feel." Actually we're much more comfortable in discomfort because if we're uncomfortable if we're angry sad frustrated got a problem got a worry then we're already at that low level where we're not going to be disappointed more often when we feel joy when we feel a great connection or a great love it scares us Mm -hmm. because it makes us feel like we have somewhere to fall from and so we try and protect ourselves from being vulnerable by saying we either like envision in our head awful things that could happen like you love someone so much well what if they're not good to me in the future what if they say this what if they cheat on me what if what if my child gets hurt what will I do and so we try and protect ourselves from that fall by envisioning it and defending ourselves against that in our head that hasn't even happened it hasn't even happened and um her point is, and again, she said this through her research, people that she spoke with who went their whole lives trying to push away that joy just to protect themselves when someone would pass away or someone would be hurt. That didn't help mm-hmm. them, meaning them pushing away their joy their whole life didn't better, didn't prepare, better them. prepare them for that negative experience. So the whole thing that she talks about is being able to Feel that joy. And that's the thing that, again, many practitioners, social workers, yoga teachers, you know, whatever world you're in, it's embrace what's happening right now. Feel the good. Well, this and is... to put it in practical terms, I think what I try to do and what a lot of people try to do is remove the possibility of something bad from happening. Right. That's called certainty. Right. And there's no such thing. Right. And what, what a lot of teachers say, you and Brene Brown and probably... Yeah, I was going to say Yoda and Jesus and yeah. uh, Buddha. Thanks for putting me in the same line yeah, with yeah, Yoda and in Jesus. That, yes. In that ring. Yes. Um, just understand that bad things are going to happen. Yes. And when they do happen, accept them instead of resist them. And that's what suffering, the definition of suffering right. is, is not accepting what is. And that if you are experiencing joy and noticing what's working, you will be 
you will have more energy and ability to handle your challenges. I don't even view challenges in the same way as I used to. I mean, I don't have this down pat, like Todd was saying, there's no certainty. I'm not saying I got this. You know, anytime you say you got this, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah, a red kick flag. You in the butt. But I guess my point is, is I do notice a difference. I have noticed a shift in the way I used to deal with things versus now. Things come up now, and as you can attest to, I will have a pretty serious emotional response to it initially, right? right? You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. That's your first response. That's my first response. That is my real, I am feeling what I'm feeling mm-hmm. in the moment. I've kind of always been that way. Yeah. It and It hits you in the gut. It hits me in the gut. I feel it. I cry. I get angry. And then after, I really believe that emotion is just a wave of energy coming mm-hmm. through. It comes through, and then I can get myself up off the floor, mm-hmm. and then I say, okay, here's the steps I'm going to take, and I don't live in that emotion. Right. Whereas I, when something bad happens to me on many occasions, is I don't let it come through, right. you s- thereby protecting myself from the sadness or this anger or whatever i just kind of numb it out and the irony is is you have more sadness and anger because you don't let it go through right you take it and it's like the energy tries to come through and you grab it and you try and fix it right i'm going to look at this different i'm going to make this turn different. it around i'm going to turn this around it's not going to happen and the truth is is it already happened that's what i kept saying to you yesterday todd this thing you're worried about this woman not paying and you can't believe she's not paying it's already happened right so you're trying to keep it from happening even though she's already laid on she's her already and then you can you're like well actually the last four months she's been right hello she's she's saying to you i can't be on time Mm -hmm. so the action is no more about how to keep her from doing this she's already done it so now you take appropriate action still from a human perspective Mm -hmm. right you're not then you know being mean to her you just you it's already happened you're worrying about you're worrying that something might happen when it already did right yeah yeah um i was gonna say something else what was i gonna say oh um, you know, there's times in my life where maybe a family member or a friend is either doing well or not doing well, and I tend to, I don't ride the highs when that yes. specific family member is doing well or the lows. I just kind of, I'm flatlined. He flatlines in the middle. Right. And I, I feel like that is my way of protecting myself. So when when somebody is doing really well, I don't jump for joy. And when somebody's having a bad few weeks because they're not feeling well, I don't let it completely overtake me. And that is the interesting thing. Since I've known Todd, which has been 20-something years now, he's always done that. And he's said that to me. Or I'll talk to you instead of that. You have said that to me since I've met you where you're like, I don't get too excited about that. And I also don't get too depressed about that because when things are good, they're going to change. Yeah, it's going to, the other shoe is going to drop. And when things are bad, I know it's going to switch back. Yeah. So what you do is, you know, I'm being repetitious, but you ride that middle ground. And what that means is if you are unable to feel when things get bad or when things get scary, if you decide to numb that out, then you're not going to be able to feel your joy either. Right. You can't make a choice to say... To only turn it only on. Only turn it... To stuff. say, I'm going to feel all my joy, but I'm not going to feel the negativity. The vulnerability is, is being open to both right. and acknowledging both. And that even though... Here's the thing that, you know, let's go back into our inner child. Let's go deep, people. That worked for you when you were a kid. You needed that protection because that is the way that you functioned. You didn't want to go high and low with everybody. It was too traumatic to do that, right? 
So it's not like you're a bad, that's a bad defense mechanism. It's great for a nine-year-old. Right. But It worked as, for me then. At a, as a 40-year-old man, it's not working anymore. Well, and that's the difference between the morning of your life and the afternoon of your life. And I know that the, that terminology doesn't really resonate with everybody, but basically it's the idea of competitiveness and certain things that worked for you when you were a child or in your teenage years. Striving. Striving, mm-hmm. always pushing yourself. When you're in your 20s or early 30s, and then the afternoon of your life is when you kind of soften up, and maybe it's not that important that you won that basketball game, mm-hmm. and if you lose, that you're still going to be fine, and that you grow from it, and you see the bigger picture, right? Whereas when you're a kid, or when you're in your, and some people live in the morning of their life, their entire lives, mm-hmm. and for me, I'm trying to acclimate over to the softening up and allowing experiences to teach me but to let them in and let them out now the irony is is really what the afternoon of your life is to going back how you were as a child before, before you took that. those defense mechanisms right, before certain trauma so it's almost in. like i think about you know when people experience a quote midlife crisis really it's just them realizing that the the stuff they've been doing isn't working anymore right. it doesn't you know no one's guaranteed to have a midlife crisis if you're trying to practice a sense of self-awareness and self-understanding you don't need to have a full breakdown mm-hmm. you may have some little ones right. here and there but you you, that's the whole point of this is trying to get back to your more pure self and mm-hmm. who are you rather than who everyone told you to be. Well, and this is more of a comment just on the whole aging thing. I think most of our listeners are about our age. Mm-hmm. I'm 40 or 41. Mm-hmm. And um, it's weird to think about because a year ago I was 39 and 39 yes. still feels pretty young. Yes. But 40, <clears throat> it's weird. I know. Um, and like your parents retired when they were 55. I know. That's like 14 years away. I know. It's crazy to think of a re- of me being retired anytime soon. <laughs> but if, you know, our investments work out and then parenting <laughs> radio goes crazy, like goes national. And I say that for no other reason than to remind myself and maybe our listeners that you only get one crack at this whole life Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And if you're just waiting for the perfect time to happen before you take a risk, whatever that risk is. Or waiting for the, per- you know what one of the risks is? Waiting for the perfect time to be happy mm-hmm. and to feel your joy. People think that's a risk. Well, one thing that was in the interview yesterday, she, she said when she interviewed these people who suffered these great losses, you know, their loved one mm. passed away, what was the thing that they remembered most? And none of them were the big monumental moments. It mm-hmm. wasn't when your daughter got married. It wasn't when the birth of your child. It was when... that the the husband who lost his wife misses the sound of when his wife would come in and put the keys on the counter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just these very simple things. When, you know, you miss watching your children in the backyard play. Right. It's the simple. It's not the grand. Right. We spend a lot of our life striving for the big hit. You know, that once I have this, this big hit, and that's not what life is. Life is all the little moments. Life is, you know, your morning routine and giving your kids a hug and, you know, watching a good show and listening to a good song. That's life. We make it about these big things. You know, I heard... um, um, another uh, interview with Dr. Robin Smith, who used to be an expert um, on the Oprah show, and she just wrote a book. And one of the things that she said is that she was talking about Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson. And she was talking about the fact that everyone says that drugs killed them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's not what killed them. What killed them was striving to hit what they had hit 
in their past and thinking that they somehow needed to top that. And so they could not be happy until they were hitting that note again. You know, it's like we heard when, you know, Michael Jackson, right before his death, he was planning this big comeback and he was staying up all night and he was, he could not rest peacefully with what he had done and who he was in the moment. He had to be better and better and better. And Whitney Houston, same thing. That was the the, the lady who wrote uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. What's her name? Harper Lee. She only wrote one book. Yes. And when she was like 25. And yes. she never wrote another one again. And she never did. She didn't want to do interviews. And she didn't want that world. It's Well, it's because she, I mean, talk about a successful book. It's right. probably one of those most successful books ever written right. from a sales standpoint. And she knew that, that whatever she did next was going to pale in comparison. Right. So she basically stopped writing, at least for everybody else. Maybe she wrote just for herself but that was it and here's the interesting thing I actually saw a TED talk with Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat Pray Love mm-hmm. and she talked about that her whole TED talk was about creativity right. and how she's written this book and, and all anybody says to her is aren't you worried you're never going to be able to top that right. and what she has had to learn and this is not an easy process and it's moment to moment learning it's not like okay I got it it's like moment to moment practice that she is a creative person she is a writer therefore if she wasn't writing she wouldn't be comfortable but she is not going to dictate the joy in her life based on whether or not she can top that book. Right. She's just going to write and do what she loves and enjoy her moments and enjoy her vacations, enjoy her you know time with her husband, mm-hmm. and that's going to be her life. And whatever happens after that is great. And to be an appreciate in to appreciate what has already happened and to be present for what is happening because when we're constantly striving, we're missing. Well, now. even in that book, I read that book, and there's um, you know I think I even told the story on our show before, but. She was at this place that she always wanted to get to in Italy. Yes. And there's this great photo opportunity and all that. And she's there. And then while she's there, she's worried like, oh, but... It was her friend who did. Oh, it was her friend. Yeah, and, she... uh, and she's like, well, I'm going to be gone in a few days and I won't be able to be back here. What if I never come back yeah, here? Yeah, what if I never come back while here? While you're in it. Right. And that's a that's a perfect example. That's ego, right? Of it, definitely ego and the whole foreboding joy thing where you're not taking in joy. When you're watching your child and they're playing and they're two years old and they're adorable and you're like, they're not going to be two that long. But you're missing right, it. but they're two now. And the, the thing is, is it's okay if that comes up because here's the thing this is like one thing that I want to make sure we talked about is when we talk about things like practice gratitude and don't feel the worry and all these things that are very difficult and you said you can't feel them simultaneously Mm -hmm. it's not true well I haven't figured out how to do that the whole idea of being brave is you have to be afraid to be brave Mm -hmm. or else it doesn't bravery doesn't doesn't mean anything anything. so it's like like this morning, you're talking. I just did a presentation this morning for a group of fifth graders at a Catholic school about sex. Not an easy thing to do. And when I get asked to do those things, I'm always initially afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of not doing it right. I'm afraid of pushing buttons and not in causing a problem. I'm afraid of not having an answer. I'm afraid. But that's not going to keep me from doing it. So you can have simultaneous feelings. And then the thing is, is the reason I'm going to do it is not just to show everybody or to be competitive. I know in my heart, it's something that's necessary. There are other things that people ask me to do that don't feel like me. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that because I don't even feel in my integrity. It's not because you don't, uh, it's it's not not because you're afraid to do it. Exactly. It's because it doesn't connect with what you, yeah. What I know, like the fear is different. The fear is like, Ooh, this is not what I believe. So I can't do this and stand grounded in my integrity. It, It wouldn't be right. But the but if there's something I really want to do, and I'm afraid, that gets me excited. 
in a way like, ooh, I'm pushing something yeah. in myself. Push the envelope. Totally different feeling. So again, you can't, there is a paradox. You can't have simultaneous feelings um, conf- that you might deem conflicting. And really, they are working together. Right. right. You know? Um, I was worried that we weren't going to have enough topics to talk about in the show. <laughs> And so We're far, not going to get to the nuns on the we, bus. We've chucked off one out of the four <laughs> topics. So, okay. no, what I want to do is I want to go to a tournament of bad. Okay. And then close out the show. But uh, first, uh, Avid Company, 630-956-1800. Jeremy Kraft is the owner. He does painting and remodeling and rehabbing all over the Chicagoland area. So give them a call. Tell them that Zen Parenting sent you. He'll treat you right. Uh, Avid Company, 630-956-1800. So, tournament of bad. Uh I have a few things. One is you just got busted by your daughter. I know. What happened? So my daughter, my daughters, but especially my youngest daughter, draws me a lot of pictures during the day. A lot. Like, you know, we're home together a lot. And I probably get, what, three a day? And you Mm -hmm. probably get three a day. And so I try and put them up and put them around. And sometimes they sit on my desk for a while. And sometimes I put them in her room. But I had three on my desk last night that were from I don't know when. And I put them in the garbage. And she just found them. Yeah, she, she dug through the gar- garbage, and then the look on her face when she asked she you. She was very hurt. Well, hurt and frustrated is kind of funny. Confused. Confused, like what happened here? Right. So um, anyways, the other tournament of bad I want to talk what, was about. Was that a tournament of bad toward me, or what do you, what's, yeah, the, you. what's you, the bottom line of that? Bottom line is don't throw your kids' art away. <laughs> or if you are going to throw them away, do put it, it in, in the garbage. garbage. In the outside garbage. And, you know, and that's the thing is what she and I, I kind of talked through with her and what the final thing was, is I said, I only have limited space and I'm not sure where to put it. Should I exchange this for another picture that you've done and we'll kind of rotate? And she just set it on my computer and walked away. So I think she doesn't like that idea. So the next tournament bad, I think, is on both of us because we're so different in this. And I'm talking about things that you need to do before you get into bed at night. Okay? (laughs) Okay. All right. So I got a list, baby. Let's hear what your list is as best you can. Okay. Well, before, but so like starting downstairs? Um, no, you're already upstairs. Oh, I'm already upstairs. Because I was going to say, I lock the doors. Yeah, because sometimes talking. you don't lock the doors. You know that, right? I know that. Okay, because sometimes I, I, I go I'm to bed. I'm doing my best. No, but it, are you? No. With locking the No, no I don't not. think you are because. I'm doing my better, <laughs> not my best. You are doing, you're not But forget about, about all the downstairs stuff. Okay. Okay. You're going upstairs. Right. You're getting ready for bed. Okay. What do you have to do? So I wash my face. One. I brush my teeth and two, floss. Three. And I like have, you know, lots of lotions and oils. Lotions, and humidifiers. Humidifiers. I can fill the humidifiers in both areas. Um, you know, kiss the girls. they often asleep by the time I go to sleep. But go in there. You get in your nightgown or I, pajamas. My nightgown. Yeah. Whatever. I get in my pajamas and I set my alarm. Mm-hmm. And I usually turn off my phone mm-hmm. and I read a book or a magazine. So, so that's, that's not like, that bad. That's a, like a 14-minute process. Yes. but the, And that doesn't include what I'm doing downstairs before I go upstairs. Because usually I, I get water heated up mm-hmm. and I take hot water up to right. bed. Yeah, well, and I fill up my hot water bottle. You, your hot, yeah, yeah. That's, say your hot water bottle trick. Okay. This that's is a trick for everybody. Good. If you go to like Walgreens and get like an old-fashioned red hot water bottle, which I've always had one and my friends who are listening are going to laugh because I had one through college. <laughs> so whenever I was hungover... I would put this hot water bottle on my head and scald my head. Right. And it was kind of like a joke to them where I was like, I don't know what you're talking about because I need it. Right. So I'm a little I'm a little attached to this hot water bottle. So anyway, I what I do now Well, we used to do heated mattresses. Yes, but that dried us out. That completely dried yeah. our skin out. We were like itching like crazy. It was yeah. too So now I fill up a hot water bottle and the same one from college and I put it down by my feet 
and it instantly warms me up. And I made fun of you for a long time. Now all of a sudden, I'm my feet are creeping Guess over there. Guess whose feet are creeping over onto the hot because water bottle? Because if your feet are warm, it does warm the rest of your body immediately. Up. And you know what it is for me? It's so soothing. It's not just about I need to get warm. It makes me feel good. It's mm. like getting in a bath. It's like drinking warm water. It's like this internal soothing thing. And and it's so simple. Yes. So that's your list. Okay. What's my list? Can you say what my list is? You just go to bed. I just get in bed. <laughs> I say sometimes... And Todd sleeps in his clothes. Sometimes I brush my teeth. Well, and you but, do brush your teeth. But sometimes I don't. Sometimes you don't. be honest. But Todd will like wear, be wearing like... He won't wear jeans, but he'll no, be wearing I'll like a jeans. sweater. Yeah. He'll get in bed with his sweater. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, what's the difference? It's a sweater. And so? you don't do the sweater as much as you do the long sleeve t-shirt. It's like a t-shirt. sweatshirt or a long sleeve t-shirt. Like, yeah, but... But why do you pajamas. have to change clothes before you get into bed? Because you don't wear sweaters to bed. But these clothes are comfortable. They're soft. All my clothes. I mean, if I went out, if I had to work and I had a suit and tie on, right. I wouldn't wear that to right, bed. Right. But if I'm wearing jeans and a long sleeve t-shirt, just take your jeans off. You're in your boxers and you get into bed. Okay. Well, some of that I agree with. Like, I don't think it's... But there's sometimes when I've made fun of you where you've gone to bed in your outfit that you were wearing during the day. I'm like, Most don't you want to change? I do that. No. Okay. Why? I, well, I... I don't know. I guess if Why don't you try going to bed with your clothes tonight? With my scarf and my necklace. And we didn't even mention I have to take off all my jewelry. Yeah, I think you missed like eight, I 80 steps. of the... Yeah. I know. But it does take me longer. But I also have found, you know, it, it, sometimes when I'm really tired, it's a big pain in the butt. I will say that. But a lot of times, it's, again, a very soothing process for me. I like washing my face. I haven't missed washing my face at night in like 15 years. Me neither. <laughs> I think if you wash your face too much, it dries your skin out. Well, you know what? It's That's been... why I don't wash my face. Really? Is that yeah. really why? Yeah, I just don't want to dry my skin no, out. No, that is not why you don't wash your face. Um, all right. Well, I have a lot more, but we're going to have to save it for next okay. week. Um, so we should promote something. My books? Books. Um, reviews. I have an idea to get us to 100 iTunes reviews. Oh, good. What's the idea? We're... No, I don't know what the idea is. Oh, the idea is you, to get you us... just said I have an idea to get us to 100 Yeah, iTunes. that's the idea. Oh, the idea is to get there. Yes. Okay, good so, idea. listeners, help us out. Give us an iTunes review. We're on... We're like 66 right yeah. now. Yeah. And we would love to get to 100. And the reason why, just so you guys understand, we're not having you do an iTunes review just so we feel good. It actually boosts our standing on iTunes so more people can find us. So there is a reason why we're asking you to do it. And if you really do listen to the show, it takes two seconds. Yeah. You, you go on to iTunes. Yeah, you don't throw it a paragraph. Find us. Yeah. Write, write the write, sentence. I listen to the show. I love it. Five stars. And that's the other thing is, you know, we want you to write a positive review. If you don't like the show for some reason, just email us. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> Instead of put a bad review because right. then it... But but it, how many people that don't like the show would be listening at the 44 minute? Well, I guess I'm just saying if there's something they don't like, we will listen, but it will be harmful. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, so you have two books. You should buy them. Um, 20 bucks on my website, kathycadams.com. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Listeners. Yeah. It felt like a long show. Did it feel long? 45 minutes. All right. Have All right. a great week. Adios. Adios.